Well, here in the U.S., we have a new president-elect, and no matter who you voted for, it's great to see democracy at work. Uh, you think about democracy, and you think, I always thought, when as a kid, you know, democracy, what is it? Well, it should be some sort of tidy process we have. And, and as time has gone on, I've learned democracy is just not tidy. It's, it's pretty messy at times, but democracy is democracy, and that's kind of what it is. Hundreds of thousands of poll workers, millions of ballots, being counted. Uh, every state seems to have a different method of doing it because the voting actually is left up to the states. It's not a federal thing. Uh, and here in Oregon, we vote by mail and it's it's pretty seamless. And we have for over 20 years, no real problems. And the vote counts come in at different times and different batches for different people. Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday morning coffee for the 9th of November. So glad you could uh, join me for a little bit. Got a cool interview to share with you Today, uh, I'll get to that in just a second. I want to steer you over to tradeshowguy.net. It's kind of our hub site for everything that goes on at Trade Show Guy World. Uh, links to our exhibit uh, design search, also which is tradeshowbuy.com. Also, links to Trade Show Guy exhibits, our company site, and links to the two books I've written on trade show marketing. The podcast and the the vlog are always embedded there, and yeah, it's kind of fun place. It's uh, there's some freebies there. You can sign up for our newsletter. It's all right there at tradeshowguy.net. So this week on the show, uh, Rich Khan is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Anura, which is a company I'd never heard of a week ago. But uh, he reached out to me with an email, and uh, he said I got some interesting stuff on ad fraud. I'd like to share, and I thought ad fraud. I don't even know what ad fraud is. I guess I could think about it and kind of figure it out uh, a little bit, but it sort of intrigued me. We traded a few emails and one thing led to another. I said, you know, you should come on my podcast and talk about ad fraud because it sounds like there's a lot of it out there. And I learned a lot. Interesting conversation with Rich. I want to welcome Rich Khan to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Rich, it's a pleasure to meet you. We wave each other from like 3,000 miles apart, I think. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's, it's good. Thanks uh, for making time, Rich. I appreciate it. You've, you've got the company Anura, and you emailed me uh, basically asking about uh, ad fraud and things like that. And I looked at your email. I get a lot of emails from basically bots or who knows what. And I went, no, nah, this isn't a bot, but let me just write it back. And we, we got to go in some back and forth. It was kind of fun. And I said, you know what? What you talk about and what you do might be worth uh, chatting about on the podcast. So uh, it'll be fun to kind of explore this a bit. So tell me about Anura, first of all. That's where we start, I guess. Anura is a, a fraud solution that we see. The original project I started writing back in 2005. And for the last 15 years, we've been developing this solution because we were marketers and we were out there spending money and losing money to fraud. And at the time, back in 2005, a fraud solution didn't exist. So I wrote one. That's what developers do, right? right. So we, uh, I wrote my own solution as we started producing better and better results with the solution and the model we started making more and more on the revenue side. So we realized we had something special. We started growing it over the years. And then about three years ago, we decided, you know what, we got to release this as a standalone product that other people can use for multi-channel marketing tactics. And we launched it and the feedback we've been getting from clients based on accuracy and thoroughness have been through the roof, which is great. So let's talk about ad fraud. I guess let's define what you mean by ad fraud. How, how does that appear in and how can we tell what it is, or maybe we can't tell, I don't know. And from a sure. marketer's point or from, a, from an end user receiver's point. Awesome. Well, you understand, everybody knows what cybersecurity is, right? So you have the umbrella of cybersecurity. Under cybersecurity is all different types of fraud. And under that, under one subsect is advertising fraud. 
So if you spend money online and there's like three to $400 billion a year being spent on, mark, on digital marketing right now, uh, according to one of the reports last year, it was a $42 billion issue of, of fraud, of ad fraud. And by 2023, it's supposed to be a $100 billion fraud. And I think those numbers are very conservative. What it is, if you're an advertiser, you're spending money and driving lots of impressions and seeing very few clicks, that's, that's one potential fraud. If you're driving lots of clicks, no conversions, or you're driving lots of clicks to your site and they're clicking on your privacy policy, you know, a sign of a bot, um, or better yet, the more advanced stuff was the performance-based marketing, you basically have to your site, fill out a lead form, you run it through a check and the name and match, matches the email address, matches the phone number, everything matches. You pick up and you make a phone call and the person on the other end is up and down, they didn't fill out the form. That's human fraud. So what happens is now you just broke TCPA compliance, which is you're not allowed to call somebody without their express consent to call. And this person didn't fill out the form, so they're right. You call them without their permission and you end up in trouble. So that's one area, or worse yet, um, e-commerce fraud. People use uh, fake credit cards to charge products and services uh, that later down the line can take months before the chargeback comes through. And if they're an affiliate getting paid on a commission, they get paid. And depending on how they're doing it, they're also getting the product or service. I have a client that's an, that sells airline tickets. In fact, before COVID, they were selling 30,000 airline tickets a day uh, on their e-commerce platform. They actually had people that we caught that were fraudulent, that it took months for them to, to trickle through their system to find them. And what would happen is not only did they pay the affiliate out for, for generating the, the sale, but the person actually flew the tickets. They were that brazen. So fraud is, and that's advertising fraud. Anytime you're spending money to, to drive traffic, you're paying for advertising dollars. And anytime somebody's doing something malicious, that's ad fraud. So you, let's go back to the numbers a little bit. As I, if I'm recalling correctly, you said like three to $400 billion is, is spent in that space. And, and what, 10% of it uh, is, is fraudulent or is it more than that? They're saying, well, what they're saying on that report, it was about 10% of yeah. the traffic is fraudulent and what they're saying. I think it's very conservative. We're funding on average from the clients we work with and from all the data that we've seen over the last years right now, it's about one in every $4 spent is fraud. Man. So if I get it, it's just like email fraud or clicking on ads on websites. Uh, it's just all of that stuff, right? Anything digital would do apps in apps, email marketing, e-commerce, um, lead generation, uh, paper, you know, search, search and, and stuff. We even see with social. I mean, I'm not social. Um, well, yeah, we see with social. We also see it with organic traffic. Hmm. Interesting. So if you're a marketer and you're doing a lot of digital marketing, what kind of, uh, I guess, best practices or, or things can you do from your end that will you know, limit that or, or mitigate as much of it as possible? I'm going in to do some advertising. You know, obviously, the first thing I want to look at maybe is Google ads. Maybe it's something different. Uh, banner ads. How do, you, how do you filter through all that stuff? Because there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. If you stick to your, your, your tier one search and social markets, you're typically going to see somewhere between 5 to 8% fraud. Hmm. So if you're focusing on affiliate marketing or programmatic you know, display and video, you're going to be upwards of 40 to 50% fraud. So if you've got limited budgets, try to focus on those tier ones. That will help you mitigate most of the fraud. But again, you're still losing 5 to 8% of your marketing dollars. So... That's when the fraud has been so tricky, especially some of the latest stuff that we're catching in our lab has been so tricky to try to do it on your own is very, very difficult. Unless you have a team of experts that know what they're doing that are designed to focus on that specific type of fraud. 
but like the simple things is stick with tier one search and social. Once you go beyond that, you're going to expect to see more fraud. Um, we look at everything based on performance is a really good metric. You know, what does it cost you to generate per source, per keyword, per social to generate that conversion? That's a real conversion that, you know, when you pick up and call the person on the other end and said, no, no, I placed the order. This is my, you have to validate those conversions. You can't just see they came through the system and right away assume they're good. You have to validate them. And once you validate the conversions, then you can go back and say, okay, where did this conversion come from? Start doing the back end metrics to say, this is the traffic I want to focus on. Everything else I want to get away from. That's kind of like a simple suggestion. A lot of work <laughs> to implement. <laughs> well, but so I'm guessing that the the big, uh, you know, like the Googles and the Bings and the YouTubes and all that, because they obviously put a lot of advertising out there, but you can go and buy ads and on videos and all that sort of stuff. They have to be heavily involved in figuring that out because it, it would make sense to me anyway from looking at it from this angle that they want to limit that as much as possible. Do they have a lot of uh, things in place to help that or is that just something that they live with? What, what's your perspective on that? They, I believe in the good in everybody. So I have to believe that even though they're making money on the, on, on the fraud, they want to reduce it. Hence why tier one search and social seem to be on the lower end of the scale, right? But look at it this way. Um, Google's famous for their recapture product. That's supposed to help reduce fraud logging into sites and doing different things, right? Mm -hmm. So if a human fraud farm came along and saw a recapture form, you know, pick the pictures or check the box, would the human do that? The answer is yes. And right. now you're going to let human fraud through into your system. Right. So that is a good, it's a basic tool that you can use for, for basic bot detection have a new v3 that's out that's an enterprise class that has you know pretty hefty price tag behind it because it's google um so it's they do have tools in place but and they do work to do it they just they, they do a better job than most but they still there's still a lot of open uh, open areas in fact three years ago we released a report found the largest ad fraud uh, fine in history it was three billion dollars a year in ad fraud on google's play store hmm. So they literally had a, um, a slew of developers that were developing these, these really cool um, live motion uh, desktops, whatever, live wallpapers, right? So you have the fish tank or you have your favorite sporting event with you know, just some kind of cool motion going on in the background and it's free and nothing in life is free. Nothing <laughs> so in life is free. This is true. You download this, this nice app. You, the app comes down to your, your, your phone. You install it for free. Next thing you know, you put your phone down. Six seconds later, realizes you're not using or moving your phone. It starts per committing fraud, and it was to the tune of about three billion a year in fraud. Wow! Based on our best estimates. So, so let's. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's out there. I was just. It's out there. Okay, so from your perspective, uh, how do you view this? How do you work with clients and that? What kind of things do you want to know from clients to make sure that uh, I guess, if nothing else, is you're fit for what you do helps them? How do you have that conversation? What kind of things are important? Well, we kind of reach out to people like we did with you, you know, because we look at people and we're trying to identify people that have a need for the product. Because a lot of people, when you talk about ad fraud, don't understand what ad fraud is. Right. However, a lot of the surveys that I read talk about about two thirds of every marketer understands that fraud is a problem. They just don't know how to solve it. So we try to identify people that, that hit the mark where they're spending money in marketing. If they're spending money in marketing, the chances are they have fraud, you know? 
And I always tell everybody what we like to do with a client, a new client that comes on, if they, everything looks good, the first question is how much fraud do you have for free? We do a free scan of their site for, for uh, 15 days and we review all the data and actually show them where fraud's coming from, how it's happening, how much of a benefit we could be if they employed us. Um, and we always tell them, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if we find no fraud, then we're not a good fit for each other. You'd also be the first person that I've done that with that had no fraud. Right. Now, this is like an e-commerce site you're saying, or or it'll be it doesn't have to be. It could be lead gen. It could be somebody doing pay per click, social runs an affiliate market marketing program. Anybody that cares if the person that's interacting with their web asset is real or fake, that's a good fit for us. I'll give you one example. We have one of the largest companies in the world that's using us right now to defend against uh, giveaway free music subscriptions for a month. They got 150,000 affiliates and they have a large percentage of fraud where people are generating false accounts, coming in with these false accounts to get music free and then just recreate a new account, come back in and get, so they don't pay for it and they're losing millions a month. So our software is able to identify that's happening and help them to mitigate that issue. Interesting. Do, do you think, uh, I guess another thing was if a client's a good fit, do, do they have to be doing a certain level of advertising or marketing per month that uh, makes it worth their while to get someone like you involved? I would presume there's got to be some sort of uh, threshold. Here, that's a good question. I, just to give you a little landscape view, there's probably 50 plus companies in the world that, that claim they do something around fraud. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are smoke and mirrors. They really <laughs> are not solving fraud. A lot of them are. There are eight certified solutions in the marketplace, meaning they, we had to go out, um, we're one of them obviously, go out to a third party, a uh, trusted party, and hire a third party auditor to come into our system and spend three months on everything we do to make sure that when we say we block fraud, we stop fraud, they validate that we're doing that. There's some third party that looks at it. It's an expensive process, but it's important for us to have that. Okay. So when you compare certain fraud solutions against each other, um, they're kind of on, they're going to be on the expensive side because most of them work with the enterprise class client so, and so do we. So we focus on the enterprise clients. Um, typically if you're spending, depending on where you're spending it, probably somewhere between on the light, light side, 30 to $50,000 a month in, in marketing or more, whether you're spending it yourself or managing it for other clients, that's usually a good time for us to get involved. Gotcha. I'm just curious. It's been fun. I know you got a hard stop here in a, in a few minutes, but anything else to add to the to the mix that you think uh, we haven't covered as far as what you guys do or what the, the marketplace is looking at as far as the ad fraud and how to deal with it? Yeah, the marketplace is getting worse. <laughs> we're, watching <laughs> it. we're watching it on a regular basis um, and we're constantly fighting new things. You know, new things come up and nobody's stopping it. And then we're, so one of us, one of the companies out there will figure out a way and we're part of a group that that shares with each other to try to help the industry without giving up secret sauce. Gotcha. Um, so we focus on a lot of those things, but yeah, at the end of the day, if you're spending some, some decent money on fraud, if you're spending some decent money on, on digital marketing and driving traffic to your site, or you care about the people that are interacting with your assets are real or fake. <clears throat> I mean, I, it's hard to go at it alone. I know cause I did it myself, right. but I'm also a developer. I've been a developer since I'm nine years old. So I, <laughs> I don't know how to do that thing. Not everybody has that skill set, and I've been studying fraud on the internet longer than any other company in the market, you know, for 15 years. So we really understand the marketplace and know what we're looking for. Make sure it's you know it's accurate and all that stuff. So if you're in that space and you're curious, we'll give a free free benchmark to try to find out where you are, 
And if there's a problem, which there always is, we will be happy to help you understand pricing and everything else and, and work with you on that. So where can people find you, Rich? Anora.io. So A-N-U-R-A.io. Okay. I appreciate your time, Rich. It's been fun uh, learning about this. Uh, one last question. What did you develop at nine years old? Actually, I was, a, I was in the fourth that developed a game called Battleship. <laughs> and it was a simple game where I basically was using the old Commodore pet computers with the green screen right. and the broken tape five and all that stuff. <laughs> and I developed screens and screens of animation in order to make it look like it was animated. Oh, and it was hilarious. just, uh, you know, two ships would pass and you'd have to fire a missile at it and then knock it out. And once you hit 10 points, the game was over and you had a timer on it of how long it took you to hit 10, 10 targets. And I remember having to go into the parent-teacher conference to explain how it worked because <laughs> the teachers didn't understand it. <laughs> Games have changed a bit since then. Uh, yes. That's kind of a fun story. Rich, I appreciate your time. Thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Rich Kahn, CEO, founder of Anura, for joining me on this week's uh, Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. You learned a lot. Uh, from that conversation. I hope you did too. Uh, to wrap up for this week, uh, this week's one good thing. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, finally, word, firm word of a new Foo Fighters album. It's going to be released in early February next year. It's called Medicine to Midnight. They debuted their new single over the weekend on Saturday Night Live. I'll put a link to that uh, performance, which was a lot of fun, uh, in the show notes. So uh, yes, that's this week's one good thing. New Foo Fighters on the way. Have yourself a great week. And I'll catch you next time around here on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'm Tim Patterson. <laughs>